0: Hey mama. So as mompreneurs, we are going to have to write sales page copy at some point for our offers. And writing sales page copy can feel overwhelming and somewhat intimidating because we want to make sure we are writing the right words that will resonate with our dream clients. Well, in today's interview, I chat with sales page copywriter, Nicole Kepik, And we talk all about how to write sales page copy that converts. And Nicole shares so many great tips and insights in how to effectively write sales page copy and do it in a way that is easy to do, that feels good, and and that's actually going to work for you where you're seeing those conversions and everything. And this was a really, really good interview. I love chatting with Nicole, and I know you guys are going to gain so much from her knowledge. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Mama, are you tired of feeling stressed and overwhelmed trying to grow your online business with your babies at home? You desire more flexibility in your day, allowing you to pour into your family, yourself, and your business without running yourself into the ground. Mama, you can build your dream business and do it in a way that fits your current season of life. And I'm going to show you exactly how. Welcome to the Mama Turn Mompreneur podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Singletary, daughter of the king, wife, mama of two, and life and business coach for mompreneurs. On this podcast, you will learn business strategies made for mamas just like you, who desire to be successful CEOs and fully present mamas without stress or overwhelm. So whether you're an entrepreneur who transitioned to a mompreneur or a mama turned mompreneur, I am here to support you. So grab your coffee, notebook, and pen, put in those earbuds, and let's dig in. All right, today on the Momateur Mompreneur podcast, I'm sitting down to chat with Nicole Kepik, and I'm super excited to chat with her because one, she's an amazing copywriter, um, but two, she's actually the first guest on the podcast who is a mom of a teenager. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Please tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do, and all about your family.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Andrea. When you said teenager, it's like I can't even believe it sometimes my son is already a teenager. So all you people who have babies and toddlers, it goes so fast. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, but yes, I am a sales page copywriter. I write for female business owners um, in a variety of different industries. So it could be health coaches, business coaches, web designers, like it's kind of all over the place. Um, but the commonality is that they don't have the time or desire to write their sales page copy. And they're kind of unsure of how to write it in a way that sounds like them and that sells in a nice way that isn't over the top or pushy or icky. All those things that, you know, we don't want our sales copy to be. So, so yeah, I focus on sales page copy. Um, also do email copy and web copy, but sales page copy is the big one.
0: Um, and where are you based? Because I know you're not here in the United States, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just outside of
1: Toronto in Canada. So yeah, it's funny, because I have a few local clients, but most of my clients are in the States, or Australia, England, like all over the place, just because of, you know, the magic of the interwebs, you can serve mm-hmm. anybody around the world. So it's been really great meeting people from all over the world.
0: That's awesome, and yeah, that's one of the beautiful things about being an entrepreneur. You literally can work with anyone, anywhere, um, and your services are so needed. I think probably the thing I hate the most is writing sales copies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you are needed. Um, so let's talk about your journey to becoming a copywriter. How did you get into that, and what made you do, um, decide to like niche in copywriting?
1: Yeah. I mean, my story is more traditional, I guess, because I went to school for journalism, um, print journalism, which I don't even know if they still offer that because it's everything's digital. Um, but at the time it was newspaper and magazine writing. And then when I graduated university, um, I got into copywriting right away. So I didn't go the newspaper magazine route just because I landed a copywriting job for a fitness company. So I was writing their ads and advertorials, articles, like all the things, all the sales copy. Um yeah, and then I just worked in corporate for many years. Um, I stayed at that fitness company for a while, like seven years, and then I worked at design agencies. So I'd be writing copy for all of the agency's clients. Um, and again, just a whole mishmash of copy projects. Um, and then along the way, along my corporate journey, I started my own business, my own freelance writing business, like way back in 2010. So I started it on the side. So I was doing the nine to five thing, and then I was doing the freelance thing. Um, and then I just eventually got to a point where it got so busy doing both, and I had to choose one. And then I chose to go all in and on my own business. So I did that in 2020, when a lot of people were making that switch. So yeah, it wasn't like an overnight thing. I did a lot of a lot of years side hustling, and then 2020 went full time. And then around that time, I decided, okay, even though I can write all of these things like press releases and video scripts, and you know, all the things I realized that by advertising all of these services, it was confusing for my audience. It was confusing for me. So then I decided to niche down and basically, you know, niche down sales page copy and then email a web copy too. So it just made life so much easier for everyone involved.
0: That's amazing. And it's nice where we can take like, you know, our career and everything and actually transition into entrepreneurship that way. Um, so that's really nice. You had that smooth transition, but you had that experience in writing all this different type of copy and for different types of niches and stuff. So that's a really amazing journey.
1: Yeah, thank you. It, you know, it, it certainly helped that I had the writing experience already. I didn't have to learn copywriting. I was already doing it. And, you know, I had clients on the side, so I had kind of fine-tuned my client experience process. But it was still such a big <laughs> transition, I would say, going to the online space because... I don't know. I kind of felt like a newbie, even though I had all these years of copywriting experience. All of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm serving a different audience because that's when I switched over to writing for female entrepreneurs because that's just where my heart was. So it was like a new audience. So I kind of felt like a newbie. And then just setting everything up in my business, like, oh, what's a lead magnet? I'd never heard of a lead magnet before. Setting up email sequences, like all these things that I basically had to start over with and as entrepreneurs, we're always learning and it's never just like our core skill. It's like, oh, you also need to learn how to do marketing and invoicing and client experience and like all the things. So yeah, yeah, sometimes I have to pause and think, wow, I've learned so much in the last three years and that keeps it fun and exciting.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I always say that transition going from like working a nine to five to running your own business, like you have to have that mindset shift because you're stepping into the CEO role now. Um, So that is definitely a big transition. Then, like you said, just setting up the back end of your business. <laughs> My gosh, that's like, it's like never ending. You're always working on that and, you know, fine tuning, like you said, that client experience and everything. Um, So that is so true. So, you know, we hear the importance of, you know, your website copy, your sales copy and all of those things. And so, I would love to hear from you, you know, why do you believe it matters? Like why is our copy so important?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard and easy question to answer. I feel like it's it's a thing I do so I feel so passionately about it. But your copy, that's your messaging. That's what you're putting out into the world and that's what's going to resonate with people and help them decide if you are for them, if your offer is for them. So it needs to tick so many boxes. It needs to be attention grabbing, not in a flashy way, but it needs to grab people's attention. It needs to be interesting. It needs to be empathetic. It needs to be um, create urgency without like feeling icky. Like it needs to do so many things, but ultimately your sales copy, it's it's selling on your behalf. So say you write a sales page and somebody lands on that page it's speaking on your behalf. It's speaking on behalf of you, of your offer. It's helping people decide to buy even when you're not physically there speaking with somebody and selling to them. So I always say it's like it's selling in the background of your business, whether you're there physically or not. Like you're not having to hop on one-to-one sales call and convince people to buy from you. You're not having to always be in your DMs. Like your sales copy can work for you when you're not physically there.
0: Yes, I agree. And it's so true. Like if you do such a great job with your sales copy, really like speaking to your ideal client, like you said, you won't have to do a bunch of those sales calls and different things like that. People will know, okay, this is the offer for me and they'll go ahead and opt in. So yeah, that is so true. Like as far as like why it matters, um, and so speaking of sales copy, like what actually goes into creating good sales copy? Um, because you know, I've just being an entrepreneur and starting to invest in my business, I've, you know, checked out different people's sales pages. And there's those that I was like, ooh, yes, that is for me. And then there's those where I'm like, oh my God, this is horrible. <laughs> so give us some tips when it comes to writing good sales page copy.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, like three things come to mind right away. The first one would be personality. Like, that's probably my favorite. I love writing copy that showcases somebody's personality because you don't want to sound like everybody else. You don't want to stalk other people's copy and then just use the same words and use the same phrases because then you aren't going to stand out because you're just basically a clone of of everyone else in your industry. So, use your copy as a chance to express your personality. You know, if you have this fun, cheeky sense of humor, then write that way, write the way you speak. So definitely, personality is one. Um, empathy is a big one. So you're showing your reader that you understand um, what they're going through, what their dreams are, and what's holding them back. So, what are their pain points? What are they doing that's getting in the way? What are they thinking that's getting in the way? Like maybe it's mindset blocks. So empathy is a big one. So that your reader will think, okay, this person gets me. I trust this person. They understand where I'm at. Um, and then expertise is a big one too. So you've showcased your personality, you've empathized with your reader, but now it's time to say like, Hey, I can help you. And here's why. So you're showcasing, maybe it's your experience, maybe it's your credentials, maybe it's testimonials, but you're expressing how you above anyone else can help that person help your reader.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. Like um, incorporating your personality, I feel like that's really important because one thing, especially like if you're investing in like high ticket, you want to make sure like who you're working with, if someone you're actually going to get along with, you're actually going to enjoy working with. So showcasing that personality piece really helps with that. Um, And then the empathy aspect, is so huge, because again, you want to, you know, work with someone who actually knows what you're going through, who understands who was once there. And now, you know, they're further ahead. And it's like, okay, well, they made it to that next level. I know they can help me get there too. Um, So yeah, each of those pieces, it's so important. Um, And I love like, you broke it down so simply, because like, I think a lot of times we overthink writing ourselves copy, and we want to make it sound perfect and all of those things. But like, Really focusing on those three aspects, I think, yeah, that's really going to help you write great sales page copy.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I will say it's a big job. And I say that as a copywriter because I do sales page VIP days. And sometimes I'm like, wow, this is a lot of copy. Like, am I going to get this done on time? Because it is a big job. But, you know, just take it bit by bit. And then, you know, it's not so overwhelming.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I'm curious, like, what your process is, because you like when you meet with your clients, like, are you asking them questions to get a better feel of like their personality and different things like that? Like, what is your process? Like, take us behind the scenes of one of your VIP days
1: behind the curtains. Um, yeah, I try to make the process really simple and seamless. So the VIP day is when I'm sitting down and tr- writing somebody's copy. And that's like me in my zone writing, my client is off doing their own thing. So it's not back and forth in the sense that they have to be on call, they have to be on Zoom with me. VIP day is just me writing. But before the VIP day, that's when I have a call with my client just to, you know, understand them and their offer, their audience, all those things. And then I also send them a detailed questionnaire. So that's when I dive more into those questions. And I'm basically asking all the questions that I would need to write the copy. And typically that's enough. Like we don't go back and forth, back and forth a million times because when somebody's outsourcing, they usually want to like remove themselves from the process. Mm -hmm. They want somebody else to handle it. So that's why I try to keep it nice and simple.
0: Okay, yeah. I'm sure like that questionnaire probably captures all the information you need and everything. So you're able to kind of like get in the head of your client and everything. (laughs) Um, So that's really cool that you're able to do that and then write this copy where it sounds like them. It's their voice and everything like that. I mean, I think that's like such an amazing skill to have to be able to just based off of their questionnaire and a conversation with them, you're able to pull all of that out and write this amazing sales copy for them.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think like definitely the question helps and talking to them. And then I'll also go and check out their online presence. So if they have social media posts or a website, an existing website, like I'll do all the behind behind the scenes research to get that. Um, and a lot of times too, it's just knowing, like knowing the industry and being in the position myself. So say, for example, I'm writing for a business coach. Well, I've hired many business coaches. So I know the pain points of needing a coach. I know what it's like to work with a coach. I know how a coach can help me. So I tend to write for audiences where, like, I've been the audience basically. So it just makes my job easier, to be honest.
0: That's smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So say I'm looking to hire a copywriter, you know, to get support with writing my sales pages. What should I look for? You know, are there certain questions I should ask just to kind of get a, better feel for like whether or not they're a good fit yeah
1: i mean when you say fit that's everything and there are so many copywriters out there i will admit that there are a bajillion copywriters out there so i think it really just comes down to does the fit feel right do you feel like this person first of all cares about you and your business it's not just like oh this is a way for me to make money like they genuinely care about you and they want to help your business grow so that would be a big thing um you know, looking at their experience and expertise. Are they brand new? Have they had more experience? You might want to look at that. You want to look at their portfolio, perhaps see what else they've written, see if it has the tone and style that you like. But yeah, ultimately, it's fit. It's fit.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, especially anytime you're looking at outsource, you want to make sure, like you said, it's a good fit and everything. Um, So I know that you are pretty big on not relying heavily on social media to grow your business. Okay. And that is true for me and my audience too. And so I want to know, like, how have you been able to navigate that? Like, how do you market your business in a way that doesn't require you to rely solely on social media?
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm still on Instagram. That's the platform I'm on the most. Um, when I first started there, I was posting every day. And it was just so much. It was so time consuming. So now I'd say like maybe once a week I post and then I'll show up in my stories. But email has been a big one for me. So like I said, I started off kind of like everybody else, just creating a lead magnet and slowly growing my list and then, you know, doing other things to grow my list, like um, collaborating with people or attending or speaking at summits or doing bundles. Like I've slowly been able to grow my list and it's just been so great because the people on my list, like, I just love that feeling of getting a reply saying, oh, I really love this email. And, you know, even if it's not selling or anything, it's just so nice to have this community of people who who genuinely love your work. They've raised their hand and said, I want to hear from you. And they're just more engaged, I find, than people on social media. Yeah. So for me, like more logistically, um, I'm at the point now where I'm even emailing, I'd say once or twice A week because what I've done, I started emailing my list like back in 2019. Like when I was still in corporate, I started very slowly. Um, and I have a friend who's like, um, a tech integrator and she has been saying to me for the longest time, you've got all these emails from back then till now that have such great content. And if somebody signs up for your list tomorrow, they're going to miss all the content that you've already put out. So let's gather some of those old emails, repurpose them, do whatever you want, rewrite them. And let's put them in a longer nurture sequence. So that's what I've recently mm-hmm. done. I've got about three or four months worth of emails that I've now put together in this sequence. And that's how you and I connected. Yeah. I one of those emails was like, Hey, if you need a guest for your podcast, I have this experience. And then you reached out to me, and that's how we connected. So I was like, Wow, there really is something to this. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know, repurposing old content because it's still relevant and you know. It's still thoughtful in a way that, yes, I've kind of batched ahead, but mm-hmm. I've still put just as much thought into it, just as much care and love into those emails as I did before, so I would highly recommend doing that, like just repurposing in general,
0: yes, definitely, um, yeah, I was gonna mention that I'm on your email list, and that's how <laughs> we schedule this interview, but that's so cool, and i I love content repurposing um I actually take my podcast episodes and I repurpose them for my email list. So like just pulling out bits and pieces and, you know, creating an email from that. But it just, it makes that whole content creation so much easier, especially, you know, me and my audience, we have little ones at home and everything. And so if we can cut down or save time here and there, it makes a world of a difference. Um, But I've never thought about going back to old emails and repurposing those. So that's a really great idea. (laughs) Now I'm going to go back and look at my old emails and see which ones I can repurpose. Um, So I love that strategy.
1: Yeah, you absolutely should. And she has also convinced me to um, like once a month introduce a flash sale. So I have a couple of digital products, which to be honest, I haven't been selling as much because I sometimes forget to talk about them. So she has said, you know what, once a month, then you have this automatic flash sale that goes out for 24 hours. So basically anybody new who joins my list will eventually get to that flash sale. So you might see it too. But then again, it's like, I'm not physically showing up and posting on Instagram, like, hey, I'm having this sale. Like it's all just kind of running smoothly in the background of my business. That's, that's the goal at least. I love that. You've given me so many ideas. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yes, I should introduce, I will actually, I will introduce you to my friend, Laura. She's great for stuff like that. She's very strategic and yeah. you know, she's got little ones herself and she's all about making business simple.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely connect us. <laughs> Um, so you are my first guest on the podcast that is a mom of a teenager. And so I want to know what it's like for you running your business as a mom of a teenager, but also like, how does your son feel about you being an entrepreneur? Does he help out at all in your business? Like, give us all the details.
1: Yes. So I have a teenage son and, um, he saw me when I was in my corporate career and then he saw the transition from, you know, corporate to entrepreneurship. So it's been cool that way. So now he sees that there are different options for him. Um, I will say too, though, I fully acknowledge that having a teenager and running a business is so different than having a baby or toddlers. Like he can feed himself, he can take care of himself, he can entertain himself, but he still needs me. Like he just needs me in different ways. Um, whether that's like driving him to all his activities, his baseball games, his practices, his friend's house, like he still needs me physically and he still needs me emotionally, right? Like I'm still his mom. And as a teenager too, that's a whole other, (laughs) that's a whole other game. So I just try to really still be present when I'm with him and not have my mind be like, okay, What's my post going out tomorrow? Do I have this client work done? Like I just try to stay in that present space when I'm with him and just really enjoy that time because yes, the time from baby to toddler to teen went so fast and I know it's just going to keep going fast. But it's also funny though, like having a teenager and running a business because when I um, show up on my Instagram stories, for example, on video every once in a while, he will tease me so much. And then, you know, later during the day, he'll put the phone by my ear and play it full volume. And, you know, and I'm like, stop, (laughs) stop, don't do that. Like, he's just trying to embarrass me. Uh, So yeah, or he'll say things like one time I said, Oh, you know, maybe I should start a YouTube channel. And he's like, don't do that. Like, no, you're just too old. You're too old. So I'm like, Oh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun having a teenager and running a business.
0: Yeah, that is so funny, because that's kind of like what I was thinking, like, you know, they'll see you on social media and be like, Mom, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not on TikTok. I, mm. I have no desire to go on TikTok. TikTok and he's like, yeah, don't, don't. Like, <laughs> like I say, that would just be so embarrassing for him. Um, but no, he has good ideas sometimes mm-hmm. too. And I used to, like, even when I was in the corporate world, sometimes when I'd be writing taglines for mm-hmm. clients, he would have some good ideas. I'm like, hey, I've got a little mini marketer in the making here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's just, it, it's fun to share that experience. But yeah, the same skills come into play where you really need to s- still balance family life and yeah. business life and not let, you know, business life completely take over.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know with the teen years, just even thinking back to when I was a teenager, it's like, on one hand, they're very independent, but in a lot of ways, especially like emotionally, they're growing, their hormones are changing. Like it's such a balance act. Like, cause I remember I used to give my mom a run for her money <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> so I could imagine that it it's, they have that independence. So it's not like, you know, with the infant toddler stage, but there's still a lot going on there. So you Regardless, you have to be that present mom and everything. Um, So, yeah, I thank you for sharing that. It kind of like gives me and my audience something to look forward to (laughs) as our little ones get older and everything. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no problem. And I will say too, I just have one child. So, he's my only child. And I feel like Sometimes I feel lucky because we'll still hang out and watch Netflix together. And I'm like, oh, I feel lucky that he still wants to spend time with me sometimes. Obviously, if his friends call, it's friends first. But yeah. <laughs> I do feel lucky that we still have that connection. And I've heard girls are harder than boys. Like he's been pretty easy. I, I should be knocking on wood, but he's been easy. So that's made it that's made yeah. it really great.
0: Yeah, I definitely can attest to that. are <laughs> A lot more challenging. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, one question I always ask my guests who are moms is, What is your number one mompreneur hack? But I want you to give us the teen mom edition.
1: <laughs> teen mom. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> so, I would probably still go back to like keeping your mind in the moment, um, mm-hmm. you know, not be thinking of your business when your teen needs you. But also like the other thing is to just surround yourself with other mompreneurs, which I mean, seems so obvious, but it is so helpful because I've joined masterminds or, you know, even it's a Facebook group or whatever. I'm I'm also in like a boxer chat with other moms. And it's just so nice to be able to chat about not only business stuff, but also mom stuff or like the struggles of balancing the two. So just to hop on there and be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm busy with this, but my kid needs me in this way. And like, And just having no judgment, like no, nobody's judging you. So yeah, surround yourself with other mompreneurs.
0: I love that. And it's so true, just having other moms who are business owners who get it, they're in the middle of it with you. And so just being able to vent or get that advice, and like you said, it be a judgment free zone, that is so important. And it makes it makes this journey a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. Um, this was such a fun conversation and you just shared so many great tips with me and my audience. So before we get off, please share where my audience can connect with you and learn more about your services.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I thought that this was so fun too. Um, like I said, Instagram is the one social media platform where I hang out the most. So I'm at NK Copywriting. Um, and There's also my website. Um, I can share that link too, but it's nicolekepik.com.
0: All right. And I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. I hope we can connect again soon. Yes. Well, Mama, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to hang with me. If you enjoyed today's episode, will you do me a favor and follow the podcast and leave a review? hitting that follow button and sharing your thoughts about the podcast are the best ways to ensure that other mamas like you find this show. Your review also lets me know if you're enjoying this podcast. So make sure to share your thoughts before you go. All right, mama, I'll catch you in the next episode.